The New Orleans Saints must move past their offensive struggles this week against the New England Patriots, and I know how they can do it. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow always for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, you can become a Locked on Saints insider today by heading over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, Saints News Network, Tuesdays in the Locked on NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun and easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. Head over to Prize Picks today. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. On today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at a couple different things here. We're going to take a look at the statistical boost that has come with play calling in recent history and whether or not that can move the needle for the New Orleans Saints. We're going to get to our game plan here. Take a look at making Mac Jones make mistakes. That's going to be a big part of the New Orleans Saints ability to win this weekend. And then we're going to start everything off here with the offense, taking a look at how the Saints must move for modernity. And when I talk about moving for modernity, what I mean is Moving into the days of a modern offense, Nick Underhill, New Orleans South Football, great breakdown on the Saints, lack of use of motion, lack of use of play action, all of these things that we've been tracking kind of like in pieces over the course of this entire season thus far, and even the preseason, right? We were so excited to see the Saints using motion. Week one, we were so excited to see the couple of play action passes that were there using Chris Olave out of the backfield, all of these things that the New Orleans Saints had all of a sudden incorporated in their offense in the preseason and early on in 2023 that they hadn't had incorporated at all in their offense in 2021. This is one of the reasons why I do put a lot on the play calling, why I do put a lot on the schematics of this offense, because sure, you can put some stuff on the quarterback if you want to. You could put some stuff on the other players if you want to. You could put some stuff on execution. There's a percentage of blame to go around everywhere. There's a percentage of responsibility, more appropriately, that is to go around everywhere. But if your offense is operating like it's not 2023, then no one's going to be able to operate your offense to the effect of a 2023 offense. Watching the Bears put up 40 points last night, utilizing all of those things that we just talked about gives you a pretty good idea of even a team that doesn't have as much talent as the New Orleans Saints, if they can put up that kind of pro- that kind of production, certainly the New Orleans Saints can find a way to do it as well, but they have to get out of their own way to get it done. So that's going to get us started here with our, what I'm calling now, the Jackson 5, since we're not doing the Locked on NFL kickoff show anymore, the Jackson 5 became a thing that I really enjoyed and now get to bring here 
to the show. So instead of some boring keys of victory, every week we're going to have the Jackson 5, which are effectively five keys to victory. So, <laughs> so enjoy that. Um, today I've got three on the offensive side, two on the defensive side. So let's take a look at our first three. Uh, we're really going to look at all five, but we're going to take a look at our first three to uh, over on the offensive side to get everything started. So the first thing has to be bringing the eye candy, bringing the variation. That's the first place that I'm going here. Then we're going to take a look at Alvin Kamara, getting the run game and Alvin Kamara going consistently, and then also attacking the middle of the field with crossing patterns. So we're going to start there with those three. On the defensive side, we've got two that we'll get to here in just a moment. But I want to start off with key number one, or the Jackson one, if you will. This is straight up Michael right here. Bring the eye candy, bring the variation. When I talk about doing that, what I'm talking about is utilizing that motion pre-snap, bringing the variation of utilizing uh, players in different areas, bringing wide receivers back into the backfield and not just using them as decoys, but actually game planning them into the system. More of those option routes. We didn't see a single Alvin Kamara option route out of the backfield that felt like last week in his return, getting that back involved, getting the tight ends more involved in a more in a higher variation to where it's not just blocking and helping out with protection. Trust that the offensive line is going to be able to do what it needs to do without Matthew Judon on that field, and then create opportunities for your quarterback to be able to get the ball out of his hands quickly. That gets us into the Alvin Kamara of it all. Establish that run game. I think the Saints figured something out in the second half of that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. And for all of the criticism that we gave the New Orleans Saints last year about running Alvin Kamara too much between the tackles, it looked like running Alvin Kamara between the tackles is exactly what worked last week. Will that work again this week? And can you get Kendra Miller involved in that so that Alvin Kamara can be that change of pace in other areas of the field as a pass catcher out of the backfield, as somebody you can line up in the slot, as somebody you can line up out wide, as somebody that can run and get around those corners, all of those other things as well. But eliminate the, the trickiness that's going to shoot yourself in the foot. There's enough modern day eye candy that you can utilize that doesn't require you to run this weird kind of push pass and reverses and all these other things that you're doing. There's some creative things that you can do with Alvin Kamara. We've seen them operate with him in the Wildcat a bunch uh, you know, over the course of the past couple of years, for instance. There's creative ways to do things that aren't going to force you to kind of go backwards or rely on the perfect execution of a quote unquote trick play, right? You can do all of this by simply using motion before the, the, the snap so that you can figure out what coverage a defense is in. And then when you're giving Derek Carr two calls in the in the huddle, which isn't always, but when you do, use the motion. That way he can have a better and more educational understanding of what the defense is doing and then maybe change that play at the line of scrimmage. Take this offense into modernity. Take this offense into today. And then finally, the, the last piece just comes down to beating what it is that the New England Patriots are probably going to give you. They run a lot of man coverage and they give up a pretty good uh, passer rating in man coverage, 96.1 passer rating in man coverage for that New England Patriots defense. And they play that around 50-50, right? They're, they're pretty close to 50-50. It's, it's a little bit more skewed than that, but they're pretty close in terms of 50-50 uh, distribution between man and zone. And against man, they've given up good success. So utilize that against them and attack the middle of the field. Use these crossing routes to create the confusion. Get these you know, fast receivers operating laterally, running away from their defensive backs. And you got to run through, you know, run through the different 
uh, defenders. You got to be able to navigate the traffic. Like there's a lot that's got to go right. Don't get me wrong. It's not as simple as call the play and then everything works, but trust that the players will execute by putting them in the right position. If you want to put them in the right position against a heavy man coverage team that runs a lot of this cover one, they don't really run a lot of cover two man, which works well for the Saints because they've struggled against cover two so far this season, mostly because they're not attacking the middle of the field. But here's your opportunity. Here's your opportunity to get that done. Attack the middle of the field, get those crosses going. We mentioned getting the tight ends involved. That becomes a big piece of this as well, especially I don't know if you're going to have Juwan Johnson this week, but it looks, but you are, it looks like you're going to have Foster Moreau this week. So if that's the case, get these guys involved in that passing game and be able to take advantage of it with these crossing patterns. Michael Thomas is one of the best route runners in the NFL, particularly when it comes to the over routes, when it comes to the, the quick cuts on the, you know, outs, the, the dig routes, things like that. Use his power, use the things that he does great and elevate that within your game plan. And a big part of that should be able to be available to this team and to Michael Thomas during this game. And of course, getting Chris Olave involved off of that one catch four yard um, uh, game last week. He's itching. He's itching to get back out there and get it all done. And Michael Thomas being a guy that addressed the team that had a message for everybody that talked to everybody about what they want to be as an offense. He's going to come out here and want to be able to lead by example as well. Give him that opportunity by putting those guys in the right situation against a defense that you know is going to come out in a lot of man coverage because it's a Bill Belichick defense. And he believes that his defense is better than your offense, no matter who you are, no matter who he has on his sideline. So he's going to match things up man to man, one to one quite a bit. They'll use their zone, but when they're in man and a good way to diagnose that is going to be with pre with with motion before the snap attack with those crossers, attack the middle of the field. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at the defensive side. We're going to flip the script here and take a look at it. Make Mac Jones make mistakes. How do you do that? We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Put a Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, you know, are absolutely one of my absolute favorites here on the network. I love the clothes. I love the extra stuff that they send along with the clothes. I am a big Bird Dogs fan. I've got like four pairs of their shorts, two pairs of their joggers, a pair of which I'm probably going to wear today since it's finally kind of starting to cool down here in New Orleans a little bit. Knock on wood. Bird Dogs make you look good, feel good. When you look good, you know you want to go ahead and give them a try. So let me help you out. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL today and enter the promo code locked on NFL at checkout for a free bird dogs water jug or water uh, uh, bottle uh, with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You want some comfortable pants that you can work out in, but also spend the day in, also even go out in. Bird dogs are absolutely the place to go. Once again, birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Bird dogs, we promise you won't want to take them off. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. The New Orleans Saints, if they want to get a win against the New England Patriots, they have to force Mac Jones to make mistakes. How can they do that? We're here to break it all down with our game plan and our Jackson 5, which are our five keys to victory for this New Orleans Saints team. We've gone over three already. We're going to take a look at two more here as well. Appreciate all of you everydayers out there making Lockdown Saints your first listen of the day every day. All right, let's take a look at the defensive side of the football when it comes to our Jackson 5 uh, in terms of how the New Orleans Saints can get this win. Limit the Pats run game. Force Mac Jones to throw. That's got to be a big one. 
and win your one-on-ones on the defensive line. So let's start off with Mac Jones here. The last time the New Orleans Saints played Mac Jones and the New England Patriots in Foxborough, remember what happened? He had the, the pass rush from, I believe it was PJ Williams, uh, who came in and he just kind of leveled Mac Jones. Mac Jones puts the ball up, Marshawn Lattimore intercepts it, brings it back for one of his career pick sixes. Um, it ain't got to be that. It ain't got to be that every time. But if you get the opportunity here, force Mac Jones to make mistakes. This is a guy that's got 14, 14, one four. Turnover throw, turnover worthy throws already this season. Already through four games. That's more than three per game that he is just hanging out there, giving defenses an opportunity to take them away. Now he's only thrown four interceptions on the season. And the New Orleans Saints should should make that number a bit higher this weekend, right? Like if you're gonna give them three opportunities, they gotta capitalize on one at least. But if you can capitalize on two of those, that's the game, right? Like if you can do that without turning the ball over on the offensive side, which of course is always kind of one of our assumed keys to victory, one of our assumed that's 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 a Jackson six, a Jackson seven is obviously scoring more points than the opposing team. But you, you want Mac Jones throwing the football right now. I mean, that that's what you want. I mean, this is a guy that just got benched for poor performance last week. And so if you're the Saints, you're getting ready for Mac Jones, but you also got to be prepared a little bit for Bailey Zappi. And in either case, you're going to get opportunities to take the ball away here. And if you can do that on average of at least nearly four times, nearly four times per game, you're getting an opportunity here to be able to find a way to take the ball away here. So take advantage of those opportunities. But in order to gather those opportunities, you have to take away the run game. Ramondre Stevenson, Ezekiel Elliott, very talented running backs, a good front, a good enough front, right? That can that can lead the way. The only game, the only game that the um, that the New England Patriots have won so far this season was the game against the New York Jets in which they ran for 157 total yards. He had 80 yards rushing from Ezekiel Elliott. I believe it was 57, if I remember correctly, from uh, Ramondre Stevenson. And then you had additional rushing yardage elsewhere. They try to get their running backs, or sorry, their wide receivers involved in the run game. Like they'll do a lot to establish a run game. So as the Saints are trying to establish theirs, they need to take away on the defensive side, uh, New England. And, and they should be able to do that. Colin Saunders, Brian Brzee, uh, uh, Carl Granderson, Cam Jordan. This is a very good defensive front when it comes to limiting the run game. Nathan Shepard making plays in the backfield, you know, uh, every week as well. So get get back to that, right? What we saw early on in the season to limiting some of this run game, not super early on, but earlier on uh, this season in terms of limiting that run game and not allowing that to happen. And then you've got to be able to tackle. That's That's got to be the other thing too. And the, and the Saints did a good job of that week one uh, against Tennessee. Um, you know, you, you got to be able to tackle you, 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 and and that goes beyond just the run game. That's in the passing game too. When you, you know, Mac Jones checks down to somebody in the flats, make the tackle, right? Don't, don't allow a third and nine to turn into a touchdown because you missed, you you had three people in position and they weren't able to make the plays. You got to make those plays. And, And we've seen the Saints get better as a tackling team. We saw that we watched that happen last year. It can happen again this year. Uh, it needs to happen again this year because it's been a little bit of a drop-off when it comes to it over the course of the past couple of weeks. So that becomes a part of eliminating that run game as well. But also don't let any of those little outlet safety passes that Mac Jones, that you're going to force Mac Jones to make ideally, to turn into something bigger than they are. Because you don't want the security blanket to turn into a legit weapon, right? Right. So keep that from happening. And, and that comes down to that comes down to tackling. And then finally, the, the idea here of the, the one-on-one pass rush. Um, you you got to be able to win these one-on-ones and, and get pressure on the quarterback. And and look, the Saints are not a defensive line that wins with speed immediately, right? This is a this is a defensive line that works to outlast the offensive line 
on a per snap basis, on a per drive basis, on a per game basis. They want to be effective for seconds into the snap clock because the coverage is holding up. Snap clock is just what I call it in terms of snapping the ball and then how long before the quarterback throws the ball. So if the coverage is holding up on the back end, that's leaving an opportunity for that pass rush to get home. But this is also one of the reasons why the Saints struggle with those mobile quarterbacks so much. I mean, we saw it with, you know, Baker Mayfield's not mobile, but he has a mobile aspect to his games where he can extend plays much like Derek Carr. Jordan Love is a mobile quarterback. So the Saints rely so much on their pass rush pressure to come from outlasting the offensive lineman and winning on the second, winning on the third efforts, whatever they might be. And so you're looking at, you know, snap clock, snap sacks of, you know, three seconds, four and a half seconds, stuff like that, not two seconds, two and a half seconds where they're immediately winning with speed off the line. And that's not a bad thing. That's just, that's the way that the New Orleans Saints defensive line is, is built. And so because of that, you need the coverage to hold up, but you also have to win those one-on-ones when the coverage is holding up. And so that becomes a big part and a big key to this game. You want Mac Jones to make more mistakes? Make him uncomfortable. Hit him. That's that's the thing, right? You have to affect the quarterback in that way to where he is throwing, you know, trying to get the ball out quickly. His his clock is rushed internally, even though he might actually have time, make him feel like pressure is there when no pressure is there, all of that. So you have to be able to kind of meld all of that together with the coverage on the back end and then the rush on the on, on the front side of winning those matchups on the line of scrimmage. And if you can start to win those matchups on the line of scrimmage to where you are actually impacting the game with speed, even better, even better, because that's going to keep Mac Jones really, really uncomfortable and really, really sort of a, a lack of understanding of where pressure is coming from. When is it coming? When do I need to be worried? Do how, how much do I have to speed up? All these other things. So the more you can make him speed his game up, the more opportunities you're going to provide your coverage to be able to get those interceptions. And who knows, maybe even, you know, once you get to the quarterback, the Saints have been really good at forcing those contact fumbles this season when they do get there, be able to keep that going as well. All right, coming up next, is there a boost that comes with a play calling change? We've talked about the win-loss percentage after the play calling change, but what about points per game and yards per game. It's an interesting conversation. We're going to get to that next as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best and most fun way to play daily fantasy sports. There's none of this weird, you know, going up against mystery lineup, spreadsheet, you know, wizards and and sharks and all that other stuff, you're instead going up against projections. So it's all you and your prize picks knowledge. You got to put everything done. You can put an entry down in like two minutes. And then from that, you're able to win up to 25 times your money back, your initial deposit back. And all you have to do is pick things like, will, you know, Derek Carr have more or less than 205 uh, passing points, uh, passing yards? Will Alvin Kamara have more or less than 48 and a half rushing yards? Things like that. That's it. That's all that you're doing. And so you do that. You get those right. You pick that for two to six different players. Boom. 25 times your entry back or up to. It's an easy way to turn 10 bucks into 250. So go and check them out today. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Enter the promo code locked on NFL in all lowercase as well to get that first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL promo code locked on NFL for the first deposit match up to $100. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a look at 
um, revisiting a bit of our play caller change option for for the New Orleans Saints, which which obviously they're not going to do this week. Could they do it in a few weeks? Maybe if things don't improve. But what do you actually get from the um, the idea of a play caller change in terms of actual results historically? That's what we're going to be taking a look at here. Appreciate all you everydayers making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget we have the Locked On NFL kickoff show later on today, which will get you all caught up with everything going on around the NFL. It's going to be one hour, just giving you a bunch of takes, bunch of knowledge, bunch of information on the NFL as a whole. So make sure you come through and check them out uh, either on the Locked On NFL YouTube page or on any Locked On NFL channel. Um, all right, let's take a look now at uh, oh, and by the way, like when I do the Jackson five and I, I, I did that, you know, those five like kind of keys to a victory for for New Orleans, I think if the Saints do those things, they could score more than 20 points in this game. But I, I still see them winning a close one, like 17, 14. I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing, though. Like if they can show efficiency and score two touchdowns, one in each quarter or not one in each quarter, that wouldn't be 17 points, but one in each half, kick a field goal, whatever it might be. Like if they're showing efficiency, they're not turning the ball over. They're making good decisions. You're seeing like more creativity in the offense. You're seeing a modern offense, all these other things. There's still ways to succeed without necessarily scoring 40 points like the Chicago Bears did. So I just want to be clear about that, that like, hey, if they score 21, 22, 23, 24, that's awesome. If they score 17, 18, 19, then fine too. It's just as long as there's efficiency and there, there's, there's something there that shows you growth, but you have to see it. And that might not equal uh, uh, production on the scoreboard, but it might equal production elsewhere. So just something to keep in mind there. But eventually, like scoring points has to be the goal. And speaking of that, a, a big part of what it is that the Saints have been dealing with over the course of the off, uh, of, of the season over on the offensive side is just kind of a it, it it's it's a stale offense, right? Like it, it's it's an offense that doesn't have a lot of bells, doesn't have a lot of whistles right now. That just wants to kind of line up, run its play. And and I think that like in today's NFL, you can't be that anymore. Um, you you just you can't. Like defenses are too fast, they're too big, they're too smart, they're too they understand too much, they they know your signs, they know all the things. Like they study your tape. Like if you're not if you're not putting the wrinkles in, right? Dennis Allen always talks about punch counterpunch. If you're not getting those counterpunches in, then you're not you're not doing anything, right? You're just setting up tendencies and then following those tendencies. And against a defensive coordinator like Bill Belichick, that's not gonna get you anywhere. So if the scenes continue to show that then I think it becomes inarguable that you have to make a change, not necessarily a change at offensive coordinator. I mean, Pete Carmichael has been outstanding for this team as an offensive coordinator, as an architect of an offense, all of those other things. But this is the first time he's really calling plays and certainly the first time he's calling plays without Drew Brees, right? We can go back to 2011, 2012, but you have to look at what he had then versus what he has now. And you don't have Drew Brees right now, right? And so I think that and you, and you don't have Sean Payton still as a part of this, this coaching staff, and you don't have an offensive coach and all these other things. So, but now you've got really, really good weapons. So if you have to change play calling and maybe get like a younger perspective, a player perspective or something like that, it's one of the reasons why I, I kind of highlight Ronald Curry as that guy, then maybe it could lead to something. So historically, I went back and I looked since 2002, I looked at seven really, really notable play caller changes. There have been more, but I focus on ones that are super notable. I mean, even Sean Payton getting swapped out for his head coach at the time, uh, Mark Tressman being moved on from Marty Morningwig with the, the 2016 Ravens. 2016 was kind of the year of offensive coordinator or rather play caller changes, North Turner leaving, all those other things. So earlier this week, what we found is that teams that changed play caller, whether that means also changing the offensive coordinator or not is irrelevant, but just change play caller, um, that after the play caller changed, the teams had about a 47% win percentage. Okay. 
Um, and with that, with 13 games left, you're talking about six wins in that case. So if you apply historically over those seven things, which are selective, right? So it's not representative of the whole, but, but they're the notable ones, uh, or, or they are among the notable ones. You're looking at maybe six more wins this season if you change play calling with 13 games left. That, that drops in terms of the percentage relative to the percentage based on how many games you have left. So the longer that the Saints wait, if they're not winning games while waiting, then the, the lower that, that number gets. Um, so you could take that or leave that. But what about yards per game? What about points per game? Well, I did that as well. What we saw on points per game is that all told, 32.3% increase. So, so let me say this. In every single example that I have here, uh, Greg Olson being moved on for Nathaniel Hackett in a team that went one and eight after that play caller change, you still saw yards per game go up. Points per game say the exact same, but yards per game went up. So with that exclusion of points per game saying the exact same, in every single one of these examples, we watched points per game and yards per game go up. Okay. Not always super successfully. Okay. Sometimes when the Giants made their change, they went from 12.7 points per game to 26.9 points per game. That's over 111% increase. But then there are other situations like in Minnesota where Norv Turner stepped away and you went to Pat Shermer and you went from 19.9 points per game, which is where the Saints um, would, you know, would, would like to be, uh, to 20.9 points per game. So you only went up 5% in that case. So it's not always blanketed as like, oh, there was massive improvement in every single one of these examples. But there is improvement in every single one of these examples, with the exception of that Tressman to Morningwig one where it's, or sorry, not Tressman, Olsen to Hackett one where it stayed the same, but that's Nathaniel Hackett. Um, so the points per game increase average percentage was 32.3%. The yards per game average increase percentage was 16%. So if we apply that right now, the Saints at 15.5 points per game with a 32% increase moves them up to 20.5 points per game. That would put them at number 20 in the NFL right now. The Saints right now, before applying the 16% increase at yards per game, are at 208.5, excuse me, 285.3. So you got a little bit of a 28 and 3 in there, which is pretty fun, uh, which is 23rd in the NFL right now. That would take them up to, with that 16% increase, 330.9, uh, which would move them to what is what would be 15th in the NFL right now. So as being 20th in offensive, in, in points scored, and 15 in you know, yard, total yards, uh, is, is that enough to win you games? Is that enough to be a, a playoff team, right? Like, like that, that becomes a question. I think that's enough to make you a division winner, uh, especially if your defense is, is performing well, which we know that as the year goes on, the defense will, will only you know, get back on track. Um, or you can be more confident about that maybe than you can be about the offense becoming something that it's, it's not shown for two seasons that it, that it, that it is. Um, and so, so that's what I look at here is, is that enough? Is that enough? Is going to 20, 20th in points per game and is going to 15th in yards per game enough? Now, we have to say too that this is just using averages, which means that there's highs and there's lows. So maybe you're banking on, okay, yeah, that's the average, but they'll be better than that. Or maybe you're looking at, hey, that's the average. And if you say that, then you have to accept the, the other side of the token, which is, hey, that's the average, which means it could be worse than that. And so you have to accept the average, right? You can't anticipate the, the high end. You can't dread the low end. You just kind of have to accept the average. So for something the average there, is that worth making the change? That all depends on if you can improve without making the change. If you can't improve while making the change, then any improvement is better than no improvement. But if you can improve without making the change, then there's a conversation there. Um, 
So, so we'll see. We'll see if the New Orleans Saints are picking the right path, I think is really the thing that we're looking at here. Are they picking the right path? And the only thing that we can do at that point, we can't evaluate that until we see the results. So hopefully we start to see the results this weekend for a New Orleans Saints team that really needs a shot in the arm on offense and has an opportunity. Uh, I'll remind you one more time, 71% of the time, 71%, the New England Patriots in their drives in a punt or a turnover. If the defense can hold them to that and keep that true for this game as what we have seen from New England all season so far, then it should give the New Orleans Saints offense opportunities to be able to turn in and produce. But until we see it, I understand questioning whether or not you should believe it. All right. Coming up later on today, we'll be live again. Appreciate all you everydayers out here making Lockdown State your first listen of the day every day and coming back multiple times a day. Many of you really appreciate that as well. Later on today, we'll be live around 6, 6.30 p.m. Central Time following practice to get you everything you need to know from game designations, injury report, what we saw at practice, all these other things. Uh, and then uh, tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, while I'm on my flight to, uh, to Foxborough, to Boston, um, you'll have, in case you missed it, I'll bring you my five biggest takes from the week so that you're all prepared, have everything you need to know before Sunday's matchup against the Patriots. I thank you very much, as always, for making Locked On Saints and myself a part of your day, a part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure that you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.